Hi guys, welcome to Carl Mills podcast. I've got George Chilton here. Thanks, Carlo. How are you doing? <laughs> Good, thanks. And uh, as always, I'm going to start without any introduction. I'm going to go straight into the quickfire round for Georgie. So, first question. Mm-hmm. My book. Big book. A celebrity. This is a bit of a soft question, but a celebrity you like? In terms of what? No, any. Okay, more, but, okay, a girl you like, and a uh, celebrity you like, and then a, boy, a lad, a guy, a man. A guy, it's got to be David Beckham. <laughs> really? Yeah. Why David Beckham? Uh, he was just my teenage crush. <laughs> no, I'm joking. He's just, he's just an idol, isn't he? A lot yeah, of people, so. You're very English, though. Grew up watching him, yeah. No, I've got to say David Beckham. Okay. Um, woman? Just, just to level that out with the woman. Uh, ooh, it's a tough one. Um, I've always liked Kate Beckinsale. I don't even know who that is. She's, she's an actress. What is she? I know, I've heard of her before. What is she? What did she put? Like, she was in like, do you remember the Underworld films? Yes. Yeah, the main vampire. Yes, I yeah. do know her. Yeah. yeah okay, yeah. okay. You know her now, yeah? That's yeah. The, I do. <laughs> yeah. I remember now. You got a poster in her wall. No, 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 no. That's not, that's, uh, that's Dale Winton. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder who that was. <laughs> uh, next one. Um, who's the strangest in the group? I actually already know the answer you're going to probably say, but like, I want to know who's the strangest, but then also, why? Jesus, there's so many. <laughs> so many strange people. Uh, I'm gonna have to. Oh God, because I've known him the longest. I'm actually gonna say Johnny Muir because I've seen <laughs> him do some weird things. So. <laughs> it's like the way he came over to your barbecue last week and just in his pants. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's one of the, the least weird things he's done. So <laughs> name one weird thing. Uh, oh God, I'm getting trouble saying this. Um, we can always edit it, remember, so we go for it. Yeah, I'm trying to think now. Um, he's just a strange guy. He thinks he's a, we call him um, Adolf, Adolf Hitler. Because okay. he's like a bit of a controlling, like likes organizing everything. Um, yeah, he's just, he's just a strange yeah. guy. I, I can't give a particular example. <laughs> yeah. I can, something, I, something I shouldn't go on camera anyway. So I get, I guess I did see him a couple of times. I don't know Johnny. Too, I know him for a while, but I don't know him as well as you, obviously. And uh, as I said, he turned up to your barbecue and his pants was pretty strange. Just started cooking the bark sausages and yeah. stuff. And I was just like, what? I mean, that, that, was, that was kind of normal for him. So. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, yeah. But you always need a mate like that. He's a legend. <laughs> um, next one is... Um, someone you'd like to uh, you know work with so in terms of the kind of question would be around the, around the, the area of with your field which we'll go into later mm. is there someone in that field like on Instagram or Facebook like this kind of celebrity and that's it side that you you kind of look at and think you know that's who I want to be that's what I'm kind of aspiring to go for mm. yeah I think um, I mean I work I work in technology um, so I'd probably say Elon Musk, okay. just because he's like, you know, he's a revelation in what he does. Um, he's just an interesting guy. I mean, you've seen all his podcasts on Joe Rogan. And I've like seen that. I've seen his podcast on Joe yeah. Rogan, and, and you know what? Like, someone, like a lot of people would like say, "Oh, I know Elon Musk, I know Elon Musk," but you know, I don't watch that as much content of him as you know, probably a lot of people, and probably know him a lot more. Yeah. How much of an actual genius he must be. Do, so. do you know what I like about him? He obviously he's a you know incredibly successful businessman but he spends probably 75% of his time down in like the engineering floor mm. so he'll just be there like pottering around talking to the engineers looking at like the different Tesla models as opposed to being up the boardroom you, you barely see him do anything on the media as well mm. he's he just wants to get stuck into you know what he loves 
Um, I've, seen, I've seen a, a thing where he has his private jet, he has like a, a weekly schedule, mm. where he does like two days on the East Coast, and then he flies back over to the West Coast, yeah. and then he goes somewhere else for yeah. like two days, and it's just like, and then I've got him on Twitter as well, which is like, guys, and then I look at like what time he's tweeting at, sometimes he's like tweeting at like three in the morning, four in the morning. I, I, I can't imagine he sleeps a lot. Um, and also what's interesting, we were talking about cryptocurrency uh, earlier, he literally drives the Bitcoin market. Yeah. So one day you'll be like, oh, you can buy a Tesla with Bitcoin and it shoots up 20%. And then he says, actually, no, it's bad for the environment. And yeah. then it plummets. Like, he's just a powerful guy. The thing it? is with the crypto market, because it's quite small, it's like the, ha- well, Bitcoin itself is it's half the size of, it's half the size of like Apple, right? Mm. I think it's even less than that. So because it's quite a low market cap, it moves so quickly. Yeah. Um, and then, but then also recently when he's been putting out more tweets it's not moved as much it's, it's got less effect I think yeah. people are not really taking his word as serious you know what I mean I think I yeah after that. the um, after, after the, that, that first, those first yeah. occasions but I mean it just shows how powerful he is you know and, and you know what <coughs> no, one guy can do like um, but yeah I mean you could go talk about cryptocurrency but no 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 let's, let's, let's go through the quick fire no, okay, yeah. okay, okay. go down a rabbit hole otherwise no that's fine well we can talk about that in a bit mm. uh, favourite food uh, curry Curry. I, know, I know you don't want to hear that, but no, yeah. it's good. Curry. That would be that would be my uh, death row meal. Yeah, an, an English, an English curry. One of mine as well. British right? curry, though, proper British curry. Like yeah. what, an Indian would be like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Hey, you know what? Something. I'll tell you something. I had a, I had a curry at Korma. So my friend is Indian. Mm. His name's Himanshu, right? He, he, I went. I used to go to his house all the time, and uh, I used to have like obviously cooking stuff. The guy cook amazing curries and stuff. And then I went back to the UK, right, and I got a korma. Mm. And I was like, I actually was honestly like, what the hell is this? Really? Like, it was that bad. I was really? compared, I was like, so bad, it was like, so bad. Whereas, korma specifically, right? Yeah. But like, maybe the other curries and stuff that are really good. But like, mate, honestly, it was, it was just like night and day. I, I do think that, you know, traditional Indian food compared to the sometimes the British is, is a little yeah. bit different. I mean, you can appreciate it, but I mean, for me... It's dirtier, it's dirtier the British curry. You know? I don't know, it's just something about it. I mean, I grew up on curry. Like, I think I remember having, like, my, my parents love it. So we used to go to the local Indian restaurant every Friday night. Yeah. So I started having curries when I was five. <laughs> and Started early. Yeah, literally. I would, have, I would have had it not far off that either. Like I said, like British culture, right? Yeah, so exactly. Have one yeah. Like a Friday night curry, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or a chippy or something. Five years old, you have a madras and a kingfisher lager. That was yeah. literally what I used to have. lager, lager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to have a mate, I used to, I'm not going to say where. He's probably I was going to describe where. Glasgow. Uh, well, he's in Glasgow, but I'm not going to say where he lived because uh, it's quite close to me. But he literally, when he was like eight years old, this is like for kind of change of conversation here but mm. like he used to like be like eight to ten years old he's smashing beers his mum and dad really? be like oh it's all right it's crazy man like yeah. that is a, a weird culture right? my um my sister so when we grow up so she's five years younger than me and she must have been about five or six and in the back garden in the back garden we had this sort of like uh sort of square that was just made up with like spare bricks and she tried to make this sort of like little you know windy house out of them um we went in there one day and found a load of empty foster cans. She was just smashing fosters? When she was like five or six, yeah. She didn't even realise, she just thought it was fizzy juice or something? Well, she just saw my dad drink them, so she oh used to get them and, and take them into the garden. Did you ever notice like, how she was coming in steaming or something? No, not really. That's hilarious. Literally, we were like, why are there, why are there empty crushed how up? How many though? There's only like three, but oh, I mean, okay. still, for a five-year-old, <laughs> sealing beers out of the garage. <laughs> going into the, I know, I know, yeah. So, so no, I'll move on to the next one, but that's class. 
You have to answer this in ten seconds. All right. I don't know if you've seen. I don't know if you've seen the, the question. F- five seconds to answer it. All right. Twelve times seven. Oh my god, the pressure. Uh, eight four. Yeah, nice. Yeah. I actually they usually ask the same times table. Um, favorite band or m- music? Uh, it's a hard one because I have no idea if someone asked me that question. Yeah, I don't know. You know what I'm like? It's so cliche, but I do like all types of music. Um, I guess what I do like. Blasting out in the car. Yeah, Blasting out in the car. I like, yeah. Don't judge, but I like a bit of Queen. Am I a Queen? Yeah. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, not, I'm not a Queen fan. You're not. No, no I love I a really bit of Queen. I really like Queen for some reason. I really, it really, really reminds me of like you know like the Gran at the party. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know when you're like fifteen and you're like, fuck, why are they dancing here? Like in one of those communal yeah. parties with yeah, the yeah, sandwich yeah. in the corner. See, I love all that. Yeah. Oh, I do like it, but I, I just know, don't like just, that music. It's just like some feel good tunes, and obviously, I love the uh, the Queen film. I like. I would say Journey would be mine. Journey, like yeah. Journey. Don't stop believing. Yeah, yeah, it's a classic. Yeah, it's a classic. Favorite car, mate. Aston Martin DB5. Fuck you, because you're James Bond, right? Exactly, yeah. Just to confirm, people, George is the other James Bond. Yeah, make sure you get this on camera. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's quick fire done. Just a quick quick fire. So I want you just just to you know give us a brief on you know what you do specifically because i've had different mm-hmm. people and i've tried to keep it away from fitness to be honest mm-hmm. I obviously you know we always revert back to it a little bit because i obviously i'm a believer it's the foundation of like everything yeah um just to kind of better your health better your mind and this kind of stuff and it'll lead you in the in the direction you want it doesn't matter what direction you're going in so if you just describe kind of what you do um uh, how you got into it your journey to get there mm-hmm. and then we'll go from there Yes, yeah, so as I said earlier, I mean, I'm currently working in software sales. Okay, so we basically sell uh, cybersecurity or AI cybersecurity software. Um, so I've been doing that for about six months, actually, no, a bit longer, starting in January. Um, my career path, to be honest, has been, for use of a better word, pretty random. So I actually started off back in 2012. So my first job was in the oil industry. So I actually worked for um, an oil exploration company where we basically sent out these big boats into the North Sea and they would fire seismic waves into the into the ground. I used to invest in stuff like that, by the way. And really? I, I, made a lo- I made so much money one day, I'm not going to see how much. It's like yeah. ridiculous. And then I lost it all. Yeah, yeah. It, it was literally well, this, like that. This, this is the thing with the oil, oil industry. So I was there for about four years um, and then it got to my like sort of mid-20s um, and the oil prices literally tanked. Like The first year was amazing. Oil price was $100 a barrel. I was going on like jolly ups to Norway and stuff. I was like, this is, this is a career for me. And they're just paying expenses yeah 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 like of course yeah we'll pay for yeah 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 and um yeah all of a sudden like the price the price just tanked um, and the industry was basically fucked basically i'm allowed to swear yeah uh so i was like all right i need to get out of this and i thought if i need to go into a new industry i thought I might as well try a new country that's what brought me to dubai so i came out here and i did um one of those commission only wealth management companies for about a year and a half which I don't care what people say, that will be the hardest job I've ever done in my life. Purely because... Cold calling. Cold calling, like 100 calls a day. Um, you know, they, they, they basically like, at the end of the day, you get a, a PDF to say how many minutes you've done and how many calls you make. So like they proper monitor your KPIs, like really, you know, micromanaging um, for, for basically nothing. You know, it was a, it was a saturated market. It was, I didn't make any money, did it for a year and a half, and it was probably the toughest 
part of my life really but I don't regret it one bit it got me out to Dubai it taught me so much in terms of what real graft is you know people say they've had long days in the office and things like that it was nothing compared to this honestly um, and the training was amazing and it, it basically like yeah it was hard but best thing I've done in a weird way it was the best thing you've done because of the because how hard it was the foundation of yeah. what you taught you to then do what you're doing now yeah right? I mean I was going through a period where I was living in JLT in a literally a box room a quarter of the size of this no windows because I couldn't afford anything more I realised I wanted to try and go to banking so I was doing sort of like um, an extra course on the side so I get up at 4am I do an hour studying I go to the gym for like half an hour or run and then I'd have to get the metro from JLT up to World Trade Centre, do a 12-hour day, go back, and then literally go back to sleep. So I did that for about six months. You know, it was it's a long brutal. Time. Yeah, um, six months a long time. You just do back to back. Yeah. You get to the weekend. You can't really socialise very didn't, well. Didn't really do much in the weekend. I mean, you asked Johnny. Uh, Johnny wasn't there actually, but um, Peter McFringe was there. Um, so yeah, it was tough. But I mean, at the end of the day, it taught me a lot and I didn't want to just give up and just leave and go back to the UK because I could have done but I was like you know what I'm gonna stick it out something will come up and then all of a sudden I got this I got a uh, opportunity with a um, marketing agency doing business development for them you know triple the amount of basic salary um, and it was just a completely different experience like there was three of us in the team completely flexible we used to work from the Gettigans on Thursday afternoons and I just couldn't believe I've gone from one life to the next. Um, you go to Megetigans on a Thursday we, afternoon? We used to go there for lunch and then just work. We just stay there for eight hours working. And oh, you'd work in Megetigans? Well, yeah, working, 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 working and drinking, yeah. yeah. Some of the best business I did was on the phone after eight pints. So, yeah. I can imagine. Yeah, you get quite lively, don't you? So, <laughs> so yeah, um, I was there for about two and a half years and then I realised, you know, turning 30, 31, so last year, you know, now I need to really realise what I want to do for the rest of my career. career. Excuse me, and uh, I just thought, right, I need to do something that has a future, because especially after COVID and everything, you think you see all these industry, you know industries falling. You know, if if you were a pilot, you would never thought you're going to lose your job. It was like a, you know, solid no. solid job to have. Um, and marketing was a bit pretty pretty hit by COVID. It was pretty iffy. So I wanted to go into technology because ultimately that is the future. You know, there's so many opportunities there. And um, yeah, so I got the job towards the end of last year with the cybersecurity company and um, been there eight months now. And cybersecurity, as you obviously you know yourself, like yeah. it's just, as, as you said, a good point, like if you were in, in COVID and you realised that, you know, you're a pilot, you know, those pilots are, I'm going to stereotype, right, but they're like cocky, kind of like, you know, I've got a good job. Well, yeah, but you think you're bulletproof, like, wouldn't you? I mean, God. as a pilot, you think, why all of a sudden would planes just disappear? It's one of those things where you think, if I'm, if I'm a top pilot, I've made it. You know, um, so that's what I mean. It's a shame, obviously, for them, but you can't be too certain now, can you, of, of what you're in? So, um, yeah, hopefully, I made the right choice. I'm so I'm loving it so far. The cybersecurity industry is massive at the moment, you know. Um, so, let's see how it goes. So, yeah. so in like, terms of cybersecurity, what would it be like an example of? Like, so, when, if I thought of cybersecurity, I'd think of like, okay, well, you know, maybe I'm right. Mm. And I know we discussed this, but I'm just kind of. It's more in the aspect of, okay, I've got an account. Say I've got a fine, uh, an online platform that I keep, you know, money on. Yeah. And I trade on. Let's say Saxo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Then with that, then you guys would say, okay, well, the cybersecurity there would be, what, what? Like, what would you secure? Like, in what ways? 
Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's... Because I literally don't know. Yeah, at so, all, so we, we wouldn't necessarily protect like a website or a platform or something like that. It's more about a company's network or their email environment. So you know, you know what a phishing email is? No. So a phishing email is basically where someone, like an attacker or a cyber, cyber criminal, would send you an email, like a spam, and say, hi, Carlo, um, click on this link to join, you know, to, to visit my website or something like that, or to click on this link to claim your free reward. You know, you see those spam yeah, emails, yeah. Know. But obviously, they, they, I mean, they're, they're just so obviously spam. Yeah. But you get ones that are now a lot more sophisticated, a lot more targeted. So I used to get them on my old company because we used to have quite basic email security. So I'd get an email from, well, supposedly from the owner of my company saying, hi, George, um, really need to jump on a call with you uh, tomorrow afternoon. Um, here's the Zoom link. Just click on that and we can have a chat. And I was like, it looks really genuine. You know, it looks very, you know, well written out and stuff. But I was like, this, why would my owner email me? So this is what they do now. They're very, like, targeted. They're very... Personal. How did they find your email address? Who knows? They're so they they're so they're so clever now, and this is what this is the big thing. Um, attackers are becoming a lot more sophisticated. What would, sorry, sorry to interrupt. What would mm. happen if you did click that link? Well, what, what generally happens? So um, it it will basically download, or it will take you to some like a, a malicious software. So like just basically, it, you by clicking that link, you could download some form of virus, which then could spread all around your computer, uh, your network, and stuff like that. So ransomware is something where you, you download a virus and then it basically will quarantine your computer. So like basically block out your computer unless you paid the attacker to unblock it. Hence ransom, all right? That's so crazy. that, yeah, so that, that and, and this is the thing, people a lot of the time think, okay, well, yeah, I'll, I'll notice if it's a dodgy email or not, but a lot of people don't. And also what you find is people actually click on these links out of complete curiosity. They're like, oh, what is this? Like, I'll click on it download some dodgy virus or malware and then it just spreads around the network and stuff. So basically that's the sort of stuff we're protecting companies from. Um, so blocking out those emails. We use AI essentially to stop connections when there's like a something going wrong in a network. So basically... So how, would it, how, would it, how would you know? Like how would it, obviously I'm asking the actual AI itself, right? Mm. How, would it, how does the AI work? Like, how does it know? I don't know if you know so that. So what it does, yeah, it basically, it, it, it learns, like it, using self-learning, it learns what's normal in that network. So it'll say, okay, for instance, Carlo, you, you, you go into the office, you log in at 9 a.m., you access these files, you go on these websites, you log over at 5 p.m., Monday to Friday or Sunday to Thursday. So it understands what your normal behavior is. So then all of a sudden, if you log in at 2.30 in the morning and then you try to access one of like a central you know, file in, in like the finance folder, something like that. So just something you wouldn't do, mm. that would get flagged as an anomaly. So the AI has learned that that's not your normal behavior. It would flag it or detect it. And then if required, it will basically like stop you from doing it. So blocking blocking you doing it. That's cool. Yeah. So it's all so about self-learning. What if the person was like logged in at 9 a.m. at the same time as normal? They knew that obviously that would happen if you logged in at 2 a.m.? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, for something devil's advocate. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I mean, again, it, it's it, it learns so much detail. You know, obviously, if you logged in at two thirty in the morning, also location as well. Location. So if you you talk about your Saxo account, um, your Saxo account will know that you're based in Dubai, um, and then all of a sudden, if, if someone tries to log in from China, 
then it will pick that up and say, hang on a minute, this is a potential hijacking of your account. And like, then for example, like, what, that's why when you like, pay with your credit card in the wrong country, yeah. sometimes it gets blocked. Yeah, exactly. Like, what the hell? But you have to let them know you're yeah, in yeah, a yeah. random country. Exactly. So it's the same sort of thing. But obviously the AI learns what's normal. Um, so even like the most subtle of things. So, yeah, as I said, if you just downloaded ro- loads of files off your central server, something like that, which you'd never would have done before, then it's, it's detected as abnormal and then we'd stop it. That's crazy. Yeah. So, if you so going forward, like, see, how would you see yourself, like, in let's say in five to ten years? And, mm. um, how driven are you? I know that's a kind of like open question, but like, what do you like truly want? Is there something you see yourself like? An example would be like, let's say like Jordan Belfort, for example. You know, like mm. the Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. Like, I was an animal for like just pure success. He was just like just relentless in mm. every angle. You can just see him even now. You see his new podcast. He's just like doing marketing and sales he's just like on it where would you say like your focus is and how kind of like focused are you and how much do you want that like is there anything i don't know if you you kind of get that yeah yeah, yeah i see that? what you mean i think it's always a tricky question you know when people say where do you see yourself in five years because if you'd asked me when i was 22 let's say when i first started working and i was out of that oil company and you'd ask me i said oh well i want to i want to be you know i want to work up the ranks you know i want to be a manager i want to become country manager, you know, basically, but, you know, I, I want to work in this industry. It's brilliant. And then three years later, it all collapses. I then moved out to Dubai to work for this finance, you know, um, wealth management, financial advice. And I thought, you know what, this is for me because my dad's worked in finance his whole, his whole life. Um, I get it. I understand it. I, I, I'm interested in financial planning and, you know, investments. I, I like all that sort of, all those sort of things. So I said, right, yeah, that's where I want to be. I want to build, you know, my name here. Um, and then a year and a half later, I was like, you know what, this is, this is ridiculous. I tried to get into banking. I couldn't. And then, and then an opportunity came up to work in marketing. And I was like, well, this is quite cool. Like, it's, it's such a transferable industry. I could, I could do whatever I want in this industry. You know, I could move to different jobs. I could go and work for, like, big, you know, um, big corporations, big brands. And then I changed my mind again. So it's so hard to be like, You're right. do you know what yeah, I mean? Right. Like, th- and, and that's why it's like, when people say, where do you see yourself in five years? Like, to be honest, I don't know. Um, is there a certain thing, like, let's say for example, is a money a big factor for you? Like some people's passion is like, just like sheer wealth. Or yeah. someone's passion is just like, I want to be the absolute best for, at philosophy. Like my brother yeah, just like, yeah. loves philosophy and just like, just loves it to bits. It's yeah. just like, you can't, und- everyone's completely different, right? Not one thing is right for others. Mm. Um, Money for me is, you know, obviously really important, but I'm not one of those people who will, I don't, I don't need to be a multimillionaire, put it this way. Um, I want to get to a point where I'm comfortable with what I've, I've earned or with what I'm earning. You know, I have an, a nice house, you know, preferably back in the UK, a healthy family, that's more important than money. Um, being able to afford to go on nice holidays, being able to afford good education, being able to bring up the kids well. You know, I, I don't need to have 10 million quid to do that. Um, and, the, and, the, and the other side, I mean, I work hard, right? And I, I, I do enjoy earning money. I work in sales, of course, but balance for me is really big. You know, you only get one life. And if I'm going to spend the whole time working myself to the bone to be not able to really enjoy it as much, I don't really see the point. Um, and again, health as well. You see all these people who are earning fortunes, but 
they're stressed, they're overworked, they go a bit weird. I mean, you look at Bill Gates and uh, what's the other guy, Bezos, both split up from their wives. Like, you know, money, too much money can be it's a good, it's a good counterproductive, thing. I think. so. It's a good way of looking at it. I really I respect that, you know, I look at the, the way, you're, you know what I mean, especially when you said your family would be healthy. Mm. You know, like having that understanding that your family are going to be healthy is, is really important. Yeah. You know, like having, as obviously you're saying family, so you're, you plan on having a, you know, couple of kids as an example and you know them how special it would be for them just to be healthy itself i remember yeah. my mom said that once i was i remember i had that kind of similar conversation she was like all i cared about is just to be healthy yeah i care about anything else and i was like you know that really does put it in perspective you take it for granted and that's why like sometimes i'm so passionate about people when they're in their older age yeah like, you're you're taking your health for granted and i'm not a spiritual guy right i'm not someone who's like oh god's going to give you like karma and stuff mm. but i do believe it to a certain extent i'm like if you're like playing with fire right yeah playing around with it i'm not going to say that you're still not going to get unwell or disease okay that can happen but you're substantially less likely mm. to be unhealthy and if you're unhealthy and i said this in the last podcast i'll probably say it in every podcast i say the guy with um you know who's unwell has one wish and the guy who has who's got his healthy has thousands yeah and it's really a hard hitting thing and do you know what's yeah. really funny i seen it um on i think instagram uh this quote and it just really stuck with me and i was really i was like really true right because mm. every time you're stressed or you're overwhelmed maybe a health issue everything else is irrelevant yeah it's so true i mean you know going back to another point what's the point of having a massive house a fast car where you know, but you don't have a family you know i don't know i just think there are more important things to life money is great you know people say money can't buy your happiness it sort of can you know <laughs> Uh, it gives you it gives you more opportunity but at the end of the day would i rather have 10 million quid and be on my own or half a million pounds and have a nice house a fam healthy family i choose the second option yeah. I think most people would. Anyone yeah. in the right mind would, would, would choose that. Yeah, yeah. And if you obviously the option is to get both, right? You could get ten million quid and a fairly happy, healthy family. Yeah, of course. Look. A lot of people do. Yeah. But, um, but again, again, it's it's it just depends on what you want. And I feel like as I've got older, definitely understood the aspect of having, you know, a, a goal in a way that in a respectful way. Because as I've got older, I've appreciated my job more. Mm. Uh, for me personally, I've I've realised that you know actually helping people is really good. And what I've found is when you actually care and you let people go from a group because I do mostly groups um, and away from you that are just not wanting the change then it's good it's okay yeah. because I used to get really like personal with it like why are they quitting why are they doing this like, mm. and I was like you know what if you really don't want that change yep. then that's fine and if I because I really respect what I do myself I think it's really hard to find, I feel, something better in a way that you've got a community. And obviously, I'm going to say this about my own thing. Like, mm. I love the community. I love the, you know, the, the, the quality can always get better and I can always learn, of course. I don't know everything by any means. But I just think to myself, like, if you can just um, stick to something for a period of time and enjoy that community and stay healthy rather than, like, disappear from that, then... Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. You're right. But, but um, so in terms of and something else I want to reiterate because I kept it in mind was the fact is you know how hard and how much respect I have for people in this country and I, th I think a lot of, and it, there's a lot of people but there's also not a lot of people at the same time I don't know how that kind of 
makes sense, but it does to me. But my point is, is when there's a lot of people here, like you included, that came here with nothing, right? Mm. And you have to be a certain type of person to do that. Yeah. And, and when you did that, and when you went into that old box house, like for me, that just shoots respect levels up to the, to the moon, right? Yeah. And just respect that a lot. Like you just came here and you were like, you know what, I want to see what I can do. Mm. And that's why, like, for example, you level up. Like the fact is you're here doing a podcast, you're here you know, like trying to better yourself in a way that you know, even me, like I'm trying to, I'm not perfect at this. I'm not by any means, I mean, like, I'm not good at it. Like I'm going to get better and better. And that's why I'm doing it. Mm. But that you have that bug in you, right? You're just like, I want to get better. I, you attack what you're scared of. Yeah. You're like, I remember Will Smith said something like that. He's like, he attacks what he's scared. If he's scared of something, he'll go for it. And, yeah. and I'm like, I'm like, I really agree with that. And that's why I have a lot of respect for your story in the way that you're like, okay, you had that box room, you know, you, you just, you had not that got a good job, but you just didn't leave. You're like, I'm I'm just going to make this better. Yeah. And you figured I it think, out. I think, obviously, you know, you see it so much in Dubai. People come over, young British people, they work in these sort of commission-only real estate jobs, get caught up in the whole lifestyle straight away, last a month, last two months, have to go back. I came out here, and luckily, obviously, I had a few friends here before, so I, I just, I, I, I sort of barely did anything other than just try to work, try to make myself, because I said, I didn't want to come here six months and then go back because then it'll be from you know starting square one again it's a bit humiliating they're like oh what are you doing back here you know um so you you have a leaving do and stuff like i'm leaving yeah 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 yeah. yeah. same about three yeah (laughs) yeah the big fanfare when i left yeah but yeah i was just like two weeks later rocking back up yeah but i was i was like you know what i'll live off bread and water until it whatever it takes because i knew i knew things i knew like an opportunity would come it was just about having to um you know, stick around for long. But why did come. you have that? Because a lot of people wouldn't have thought of that, right? There's a reason What's you that? thought there's an opportunity that's going to come. So, what before in your life, in your teenage years, were you like in a way that you were able to understand that? Because you don't really. Well, I'm I'm just saying this in in a way that I'm saying you need to understand that you didn't just know that was going to work. There's something that happened when you were younger to know you had that in you. Well, what did you do? Did you wash cars? Did you you know? Did you what? Did yeah, you, I mean, I've worked. I've worked, I've done some random jobs. I worked, I think the weirdest one I did was uh, I counted traffic on a little bean counter on CCTV. Sat there for like six hours just counting traffic as part of like a survey. That says how, how many days a week? So to be honest, it was like a temporary job. So I did it for about two weeks, but like, yeah, Monday to Friday. Um, That's amazing. Which that was painful, yeah. Is that hard? It was just boring it's just so boring yeah right? no i mean half the time i just like just clicking but i mean things like that i did, I did a lot before i went i went traveling after uni so to save up for traveling i did some of the most yeah weirdest jobs so like that i worked for a roofing company and their accounts team i did bar work i did gardening i did yeah all sorts so, gardening other gardeners, yeah, yeah 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 so um i worked for barclays as well <laughs> barclays the bank yeah did you? yeah used to give people ppi back you one of those bastards. Yeah, you? I used to give them back. I knew. Money. Oh, I right. take the money. I give ah, them back. Okay, yeah, but you used to be one of those people ring up. No, no, no. I was just the guy they employed. It was the funny thing is they employed us. The systems didn't work, so I used to just go and do my uni work for three months in Barclays Bank mm. office, and um, and uh, get paid for three months. Just I think it was like a thousand pounds I got. Mm. To be honest, but at least it was something, and uh, it was every month, and I just did it. And then after three months, they actually fixed the PPI. Yeah. And then I was able to do the systems for one month, and I left and became yeah. a personal trainer. But well, I told you about the job that never was when I was at uni, when I got scammed. No. So I thought I told you this in gym, though. No? Maybe you did. So I was looking for 
some um, basically like yeah just some extra cash what cash was at uni and uh, I went on um, like website and I was just trying to find like you know like TV extra work okay. you know where you basically just stand in the background and you get paid as, yeah. a, as a TV extra and anyway, I found this um, website I don't know how it was like one of these adverts and um, I went on it and basically <laughs> oh, no, you did tell me this yeah I love this story yeah I, 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 I don't but um, yeah so it was for a non-sexual escort agency and I thought what's this about so I, I signed up and then I had a 45-minute interview. I don't think Gemma knows the story, so apologies. But um, <laughs> I had a 45-minute phone interview. You know, they were asking me about my looks, what I'm interested in, um, you know, just trying to gauge what I'm like as a person, see if I'd be, you know, if I qualify as a good non-sexual escort. And anyway, so I was like, okay, great. And they were like, okay, yeah, you, you, you all fit out, all good. So to properly register, you just have to pay the registration fee. I was like, okay, fine, 300 quid. It was my 19th birthday money I think I got from my parents. Uh, I went and deposited it. And then they, were, they called me after, said, fantastic news, we've got a date for you already. Her name's Lisa from Huddersfield. It's a, it's a company function, so um, th- yeah, it's Thursday night. We'll send a car around yours at 7 p.m., smart casual. Basically, like, it was so legit, everything. And then on the day, I get a call saying, unfortunately, lease is cancelled. Um, but don't worry, there'll be other opportunities. I was like, okay, fine. Never heard from them again. And then they just wouldn't answer my call. I try to ring off another number. They'd answer, and I'd be like, yeah, it's George. I'm trying to get hold of you. Uh, and they just hang up. Got absolutely done. And then, I, and then I actually Googled them properly, and they were like, all over the forums, like scamming oh, Skype. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just can't believe how uh, how how professional they are. Forty-five minute interview to then completely like, scam me. Yeah. Yeah. For three hundred pounds. For three hundred quid. Yeah. Three hundred pounds an hour, right? Well, exactly. Yeah, I'm sure they do pretty well. Yeah. yeah. So, That's yeah. incredible. I love that story. Yeah. Me. So in terms of like, um, obviously, <clears throat> your job specifically, I want to, I kind of want to focus on that a little bit. Mm. Um, so with your your business, where do you see like that going in terms of within you, within that company? Are you like someone who's wanting to, you know, um, progress within that company? Obviously, you're going to say yes now because that is yep. where you are and that's fine. So where do you see yourself going within this company? Obviously, you're in sales just now, you're mm. in cybersecurity. Is there anywhere you see yourself? Is there somewhere yeah, you I mean, that can go? As I said, I mean, I've only been here eight months, so I... You know, I'm, I'm relatively new compared to the rest of the team. So you started um, that when I first got you in the gym, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Do you remember that first month? I yeah. was doing, um, I was training f- from like one till ten p.m. because it was UK hours, yeah. and then getting up at six. Anyway, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah well, I don't know. Where do I see myself? So yeah, obviously the natural progression is, you know, I'm 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 an account manager now. I then work myself up to mentor, which I like to do in the near future, like very near future, um, and then. The next progression up is to sort of like a commercial director role, which I like the idea of. Um, it all depends. I mean, as a, as a salesperson, obviously commi- you're highly driven by commission, right? And they pay good commission rates, um, and the opportunity is great. So, depends where I get with that. I mean, I might just want to stay as an account manager, and I might make might make more from commission than the highest salary I'd get as a, as a natural commission um, commercial director. So, going to play that one by year, but. I'd like, you know, ideally, like you say, in every new job, um, stay in here for the long term. Um, it's always nice when you, you know, you're sort of a big fish in a small pond in terms of you've been there forever. Um, 
you're the expert everyone comes to you so that's where you're wanting to get to yeah I think so I mean <clears throat> ideally this would be my last job well the last company I worked for before I leave Dubai basically so and what's your plans on that I was actually just about to ask you that I was going to say like if you well, like a, obviously you and Gemma will be yeah like, yeah I mean we, 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 we speak about it quite a lot I mean the plan was last year to maybe do three four years here but the more we think about it um, you know there's there's all not that all that much to go back to in the UK right now you know Brexit's messed it up um, you get taxed out of your ass yeah I don't know uh, the opportunity seems to be here so I think we're just going to ride it out and I think I've always said I'm not going to leave Dubai without a reason you know I wouldn't just be like right yeah, I fancy it I'm, I'm done now um, it'd have to be a reason like for instance let's say you have a kid and then you want to take them back so you school them at home so I think it would be something That's like that right? yeah, yeah. I'm not just be like put a, just put a timeline on and say right next year we're going to go and then you get to next year like Ugh, don't don't feel like going now so we've got a rough timeline you know rough idea but just play it by ear really just sort of ride the wave um, you know Gemma's got her own plans and what she wants to do um, so we'll just see how it goes I mean, there's no there's no rush which is good that's great no, yeah. as, as I said I'm just curious because that's a big question for most people who live in Dubai right? yeah it's, it's, like, it's a hard one to answer to be fair it is a hard one because when people kind of, kind of the push comes to the shove right a lot of people like are like you know what there is a lot of good things here and a lot of it does uh, come down financially um, if you're earning say like you're making like a hundred thousand pounds a year for example yeah like if you were home and earn a hundred thousand pounds you're only going to earn fifty thousand for sixty thousand right? yeah so it's like it sometimes is a little bit difficult for someone to get used to that change yeah um but then again there's such massive benefits because like for me i look at it and i'm like well I like going even going to, even to something so small like going into a shop and seeing someone says how you doing how are you yeah and you actually actually are asking how are you whereas like you go here and they're just like this is a nightmare right they're just yeah. like a robot and it's just like this is not this is not really it's not a kind of environment I know that's really small but it's like daily, I know what you mean, daily things yeah. that really make a difference to how I, I feel I right? think it's the um, you know a lot of British cultural things I miss as well you know like football on a Saturday mm. um General pub, pub, well. car, pub gardens in the summer. I know wrong audience, but you know what I mean. Like, no, that, I, you know what I mean. Like, I'll go. I'll go to a, br- a, br- a British summer is, you know, you can't beat it really. British summer is probably the best place in the world. Yeah, exactly. Like in um, London, I would say, like in London, you know, a, a hot summer's day. Yeah, yeah. It's not really Everyone's that many places. Out, exactly. In the nice park or something. Yeah, exactly. I think I think what would be ideal, you know, come to think of it, and we, we spoke, I spoke to Gemma about it, um, is yeah, do three three months in the UK over the summer. And maybe just you know split your time. You know, if you get an yeah. opportunity where you can do that, then happy I days. Think that's, I think that's really important, and it's funny you say that exact last example is that's what you know my focus is is getting to the UK a point where I can go to the UK mm. and just go for three months. Yeah, uh, go for like you know June, July, August, yeah. and then come back here. And I honestly think that is the perfect combination. Mm. Like I think you know obviously you've said obviously a family and stuff like yeah okay you have to understand that you know you can't you don't want them to get brought up in a dubai school yeah but at the same time like you'd have them in the school in, in the uk for like all holidays christmas mm-hmm. summer they might be all right you know yeah. what i mean they might keep them in a, in, a, in a good level and yeah i think i think it's the hard whole, to tell right yeah it's I, hard, as you said yourself it, earlier, it's impossible i mean i came i when i first moved out here i said i'll do two three years try and make a quick buck and then head back and then the first year and a half didn't go to plan obviously yeah. you know obviously i told you about that so i was like well i'm not leaving until i actually go back with something and then the more you stay here like you just you just like 
engrosses you really doesn't it I mean you just get so sort of attached to the lifestyle and, uh, and you meet people out here and things like that and also because you've got you have a bit more accessible cash, right? Mm. Able to fly to all these different countries, right? Yeah, exactly. And also, you can just pop to Africa. You and Gemma just pop to, you know, Africa. Yeah, yeah. Which is an experience on its own. There's so many places around, you know, that you can fly to from Dubai that you just wouldn't go to from the UK. Like, I really want to go to places like Jordan and Lebanon. I mean, yeah. it's a bit, a bit dodgy at the moment, but you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't decide to go on holiday to Jordan from the UK. No, it'd be like. Spain or you know it's just the standard stuff so and you've done those things I'm sure and I've done it all, yeah. and you can do them again later yeah. and I'm still doing them because obviously I'm at that age now where it's like stag do's weddings and you know you spend half your time going back there anyway yeah. but um, yeah it's, there's so many benefits of being here but there are just little things that I miss and you know as I said just those little British cultural yeah I know, you know do you know what I mean um, I, I agree and, and as I said like for, for that's something that I think is the you know the million dollar question for all expats in, mm. in Dubai, oh, Dubai anyway is like how do you have that balance yeah and with a lot of people and this is why I will say to be like with a lot of people they want that balance of three months in the summer yeah um, and obviously with people more people working like remotely and stuff it has became more of a reality for a lot of people but at the end of the day people want the bat people want this and I, I can see a lot of people they want a good lifestyle and they also want that freedom but the, the balance is hard right because if you're not fan if you don't have enough money or if you're not financially stable you don't have the, the the lifestyle you want but then you but then you can have the travel but to try and get both is the more difficult mm. you know what i mean that's why a lot of people are like okay well, what do i do that buy houses or do i invest yeah. money and yeah and these are the things where a lot of people kind of maybe start a little bit late sometimes and, and then they end up being like okay well i want to go and do this and like you know we, we need to to have some sort of other cash coming in or maybe being able to work out your own or mm. get a job where, you know, if I was someone who really wanted that and I didn't think about the money, I just want to have a happy, you know, happy medium and I just want to yeah. get a job, I'd be like, I'm only going to apply for a remote job. Yeah, and I, yeah, of course, yeah. And, and, and just say no to everything else and be like, no, no, I'm only taking this one job and once you get that, that could yeah. be an absolute game changer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the way the world's going now with obviously remote people working from home and people working from other countries remotely now because at the end of the day you don't really need to be in the same city or same country as, as let's say your clients because everything's done over zoom or teams or whatever so i think you know and it, it's working well um you know you see these surveys people like the idea of a blend of going into the office for, uh, and also working from home it's more efficient as well right it is yeah and the thing is i mean i, I go into the office twice a week and i work at emirates towers so it takes me door to door maybe like, I don't know 45 minutes by the time I go get my car drive park go up the lifts and stuff like that I have to get ready like dressed so I can't just wear a t-shirt and shorts and but it just you add up all that time you know it, 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 you lose out quite a lot um, and it, and when you get a lot more stuff done at, at home as well because you haven't got the distractions yeah you haven't got the distractions of people you know um, so I do like going to the office occasionally, you know, just as but a... But I think it has a balance, yeah. right? Yeah, it's right. a balance, yeah. Two so you should, be able to choose, you should be able to choose where you work. As long as you do your job, you know, you should be able to work from Bali, for instance. Yeah, you're right. And, and as I said, like... If you're going to get up at the time and do it, yeah. I think a lot of people, and again, this is from an experience, that situation, if I say to people, like, oh, I think this is what I think people should do. But I really do believe that I think people should... They should, like, managers and owners and things that should really focus on just, like, results. Like, yeah, okay... Yeah. Right. All I want you to do, your goal for the end of the year is to bring in a million dirhams. Go. Yeah. Do your thing and yeah. have that. Okay, that's obviously easier said than done. I don't just mean go, but obviously have, you know, a, uh, you know, a focus and like, you know, a, a platform to do it, you know, structure. 
but in that aspect of giving that person the freedom yeah and and i just think that as you said if you micromanage like you had the, the experience of when you're younger it just is just really bad mm. it just really doesn't work it's a really old school way of doing things and there's a difference though and this is somewhere where there's two extremes one person might say don't micromanage it's not good and then there's someone else be like yeah give people complete freedom but there's also a bad aspect of having complete freedom because there's no well, mentorship right i mean you talk about you talk, you talk about people who just started you know go to the workplace you know let's say in their early 20s or even younger if you give them too much freedom they don't understand the discipline because they've never worked in an office before so that's their counter argument it's like well if i'm 19 and i've just finished uni i'm sorry 21 just finished uni i've never worked in an office before um and i'm literally just there on my kitchen table logging in i'm like you know who do i ask you know i'm, I'm is it mentorship the, as well? Did you have a mentor when you were younger? Like, did you yeah, have someone, like I've, a guy who were like, yeah, yeah. Guy I've, always, I've always been lucky at the jobs I've had that um, you know, I've always had someone I can, you know. But you don't think that's on. because the person you are, you, they will shine on to you because you're quite open? Because a lot Maybe, of people, yeah. I, I, I'll give you an example. I worked in a gym before uh, working for myself. Well, mm. I always worked for myself, really, but I worked within a gym facility. And a lot of people, there was a guy who owned the gym, very great uh, mentor, you know I mean, really helped me a lot. Uh, personal life and you know work-wise and a lot of people didn't get the same feedback from them yeah you know like they got met they understood the structure and they made them you know did really well yeah. and you know they did way better than they would have um but they didn't you know get the, the true mm. mentorship because they just weren't like open to the but that just depends on you know the type of connection you get with someone right that's what i'm no, saying yeah like, so you can feel very comfortable with someone who other people don't like but then I've seen it before. You I've might not like them though. So this is my point. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Really like you know person. when you see like a popular person, like I don't know, like a manager, everyone seems to love, and I'm like, uh, I don't know, something's not there, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't go out of my way to go and chat to them, whatever. So you, you just find the person. But then you see that, like, always, see, see yeah. that you don't go your way to chat to them. Yeah. What you'll find is <clears throat> because you're being honest with yourself, you yeah. might draw that person within you. Yeah. So you actually then you actually are you are actually getting that connection yeah but my point really as well is the fact is that i'm saying like let's say you have three jobs you had three jobs over your time and then and that within those three jobs those three people you didn't really like but you knew you had to get mentored off them mm. you knew you needed that help so you had to kind of like kiss arse in a way but the, the only way you, you can be able to do that kind of kiss arse and in, in, in the correct way is to understand for them to know that you're not really doing that so you have to be good enough as a person and self-aware enough to know how to navigate through different types of people that's my, yeah. my point and because you are like that kind of person you're quite you know a guy of like uh you talked i could i could chuck you george into any circumstance and pretty much anywhere mm. and you'd adapt yeah 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 like, and a lot of people would do that right people would freeze yeah like, wouldn't you yeah 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 you just talk you would just like yeah yeah because at the end of the day you know you, you, could, you can always find something in common. I know it's harder sometimes, isn't it? That's a skill, you can. You can, you, you can. Yeah. Most people can. Yeah. Most people are not aware of that, and that's why I, I'm very aware of that, so that's why I'm telling you. I'm like, yeah. You're not realizing, well, I don't mean to say this, but I'm saying you're not realizing like, how good a skill that is because it, your mentors are probably, you've got them through mm. you, your own. Yeah. It's not because they happen to you know be there because they've always been there for all the rest of the company the whole time and yeah. no one really like latches on. And I think a lot of that does come from just speaking from, with different people and travel and like travel. But, but even like you know it goes back to school. I mean, you know, I, I, I was say one of the popular kids. Yeah, I mean, I played in the, the football team and stuff like that. But I'd always chat to like 
different groups, you know, and people in my class, and you, you, you get like different personalities, you understand, you know, what, what sometimes it's hard when you think, okay, how do I make this person laugh? Or just how do I like make them feel comfortable? You know, I, I, so I work in a company now where I've got, so all the, all the account managers, all the salespeople are, are predominantly British, young British, easy to get on with, you know, same interests, whatever. But then you have the more technical guys, you know, the sort of, uh, you know, the, the more technical, uh, say, not yeah, say the technical, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And, um, you know, a lot of time you, you spend time on calls with them and there's a lot of time where there's like a bit of a period where we're waiting for the client to show up and you just have a bit of small talk, small talk and you just think, you just need to figure out, you know, what, what, what loosens them up a bit. And you just ask, and I, I, I like asking questions, you know, um, just keep asking questions and just find what, what, what gets them going. And then, um, and then you know for the next time, you'd be like, oh, so, you, you know, to see... Is your Warhammer game on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 something like that. Or you say to see India beat cricket, uh, England in cricket, you yeah. know, just something like that. And, no, uh, it's important, right? And it's yeah. also, and I was talking, and you, you could say that's manipulative in a certain aspect, but I don't, well, and, and that's fine, I think. But good, good, good manipulation. That's what I was just going to say. I was like, it's important to be able to do that because, yeah. like, that's you're trying to make someone feel comfortable in a certain situation to get the best out of them. Right? Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. like a lot of these people who are introverted have so much information, but they just don't know how to, to give it out. Yeah, and like, yeah. Or like you're in a meeting and you're like, I need this dude to, to, to speak. I need this guy to feel comfortable. Yeah. And your job, you've got ten minutes. You're like, trying to get this guy going, empower him. Yeah. So when the meeting happens, he's empowered and he's just like rolling. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's, it's it's spot on. Yeah. Yeah. So it's good, yeah. as I said, and um, no, as I said, I appreciate the. Um, you know all the information obviously i'm going to clip these this information into pieces mm -hmm. so just like little small snippets i started posting all this uh, these podcasts and that kind of larger um, aspect but it's hard for people to kind of take in the information for 50 minutes nor does anyone want to watch it all that yeah i'm not that popular yet but, <laughs> but, but i'm breaking them up into like seven minute blocks yeah little headers and uh, so i think we've got some little good headers like you know, your you know <clears throat> your web security your ai stuff um, you know your life in general your hustle so like mm. you can break them up into little sections like that yeah. so sounds good um, but yeah thanks thanks a lot no, thanks for having me uh, no worries and, uh, it wasn't as bad as I thought I was, uh, I've never done this before so yeah, yeah. that's awesome yeah, we'll get, maybe get Gemma on as well yeah she'd and hopefully that, yeah. we'll get two we'll maybe get two another one of these and if I can attach I'm not sure that if it's able to be done but I can add on another one yeah. and then I can you know have two guests like say for example you and Gemma and, and have a full on debate or conversation oh, yeah. full on debate yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like we did at the barbecue oh my god yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah no worries thanks a lot cool cheers mate cheers